Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's stories for 48 years. Here's your host, Bill Goodman. Welcome to Think Humanities. There is another C word on the podcast today, not the C in COVID we've all become too familiar with, but the C in this case stands for census. The 2020 census counts uh, every person living in the United States in five U.S. territories. The census provides critical data that lawmakers, business owners, teachers, school systems, and many, many others use to provide daily services, products, and support for individuals and communities. I'm joined today by Michelle Ellison and Aaron Peabody from the U.S. Census Bureau. Michelle is a portfolio manager of the National Partnership Program. Aaron is a partnership specialist here in Kentucky. And joining them will be Maddie Shepard, who is president of the Kentucky Council for Social Studies, deeper learning resource teacher for Jefferson County Public Schools, and a member of the Kentucky Humanities Board of Directors, and a uh, great board member she is. So welcome to all of you to our podcast. Michelle, why don't you start off and just uh, give us uh, a broad overview of uh, why the census is important, what it really is. Uh, I would doubt there are many people who haven't heard of it by now, but maybe some people who haven't acted on it and how important that is too. Absolutely. Well, thank. first of all, I just want to say thanks for this opportunity um, to come and speak with you today. Um, we are really pushing to increase response, not only across the nation, but specifically in Kentucky. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But yeah, why is the census so important? Um, by now, everybody in Kentucky should have received an invitation to participate in the census. And they can do it online, by phone, or by mail. Um, and the main reason that we conduct a census every 10 years, is number one, it's mandated in the Constitution of the United States. We are required to do an actual count of every single person that lives in the United States. And there's several reasons why that's so important. Number one is representation. The 435 seats in the House of Representatives are determined based on the data that we collect this decade. So I will tell you, Kentucky had seven seats in the House of Representatives. We actually lost a seat after the 1990 census. Um, so we don't wanna lose any more representation. Funding is the other big um, thing about the census that most people don't realize is so connected. Over $675 billion, billion with a B, is allocated to states and local governments every single year based on our census number. So quite frankly, if we don't count every single person living in the United States or living in Kentucky, we are just leaving money in the table, money on the table that um, other states will use. So we wanna make sure we count everybody. Census data also is important um, because it tells the story of our nation and our states and our communities. Um, I'm a history major, so it's one thing that's been really interesting to me is if you study the questions that the census asked over time, it really does reflect what's going on in our nations and in our communities. A, a perfect example of that is 
this is a historic census for many reasons. Um, but one, this is the first time in the relationship um, question. If someone, if you are listing your spouse that we ask, is this a same sex partner or opposite sex married partner? So again, these questions really change every decade kind of showing where we are as a nation. Um, just to tell you where we are right now, over 60% of households across America have already responded to the census, which is fantastic. And in Kentucky, we're doing slightly better than that. So we're a little over 65% of our households. So nationally, that's over 91 million households that have already responded to the census. But that means that we still have some work to do. Um, thankfully, due to COVID and the pandemic, um, you know, thankfully, this decade is historic for another reason, which is the opportunity to respond online. This is the first time in history folks have been able to go online. And since March, despite the um, challenges we've faced during the pandemic and shutdowns of, of um, field operations, we have kept that ability open throughout the whole time. So folks have been able to go online and just take 10 quick minutes and respond to the census. Normally, we would be wrapping up census operations at this time, but because of COVID and because of the pandemic, we have extended our operations for three months. So in the middle of August, everybody who hasn't responded to the census yet, the 35% of the population that's remaining in our state of Kentucky, we'll start getting knocks on the door. We'll start sending folks out to their house. So we really wanna work with people now um, to get the message out that it's not too late to respond to the census. And they still have through the end of July to self-respond on their own before we actually go out knocking on doors. Aaron, tell me um, what your responsibilities have been primarily um, in the state of Kentucky. Yes, thank you, Bill. And we really do appreciate this opportunity to uh, participate in this Bank Humanities call today. This is a, and a really important conversation at a, a really important time, really, uh, given all that's going around us. The, the census does play a vital, a really a vital part. So, yes, I'm a, I'm a partnership specialist uh, uh, who, who has learned many good things through the cues of my uh, lovely colleague, Michelle. Um, but really, uh, my work is engaging with, with local leaders, uh, community leaders, um, heads of social service organizations, as well as elected officials to see how can we reach Kentuckians where, wherever they are uh, and whoever they may be. We, we have a, a, most, a beautifully a diverse state. Um, whether from the Golden Triangle to, to, to the different areas of growth that we're experiencing in, in, in those uh, areas, more urban-based, but also uh, uh, our neighbors to the east and west, um, that we're, as we're learning and on this journey, how we can speak with them and communicate with them so that they can understand just really how vitally important the census is to the things that they care about that impact their daily lives. Just as Michelle said, uh, whether it's it's the school that they send their, their children or their grandchildren to, uh, or the nutritional assistance that they're receiving, maybe at a meal a meal site or or their libraries, uh, which receive so much funding, um, and those sorts of very human humanity related um, uh, that enrich our lives in so many ways, from the fundamental to to the more um, 
uh, nebulous intellectual things that make life so rich. These are all things that are that are impacted by the census. So it's it's been a, a really ple a great pleasure. I think one of the best things that Michelle and I have gotten to experience are, are how many wonderful partners uh, that we some wonderful relationships in the in the state of Kentucky. Um, again, whether in in the public sphere. Uh, our elected officials uh, currently out of our, you know, like our state uh, complete count committee, the, the, the individuals who are working so hard um, out of Frankfurt to, to try to push it and, and really knock this one out for Kentucky. And we're proving to really be on good track for, for making some historic, getting some historic response rates um, accomplished here. But uh, the, the businesses, the, uh, the faith leaders in our community, the, the nonprofit network that we're working with, again, which Michelle can speak to, but uh, that kind of work, it's been energizing. And certainly we've had some, some setbacks and we've had to sort of put some things on the back burner in the last couple of months. But as we try to relate to people, what this means and really the, the, again the tie in the census is really uh, it, it is something that we can leverage to, to get ourselves back together um, on so many fronts education and our public health uh, and 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 other things that are so important to us in our daily lives. Maddie you come from this uh, you come to this uh, with uh, a couple of unique perspectives being involved in the the school system uh, the largest school system in the state um, also from the humanity standpoint, uh, and I guess thirdly, if not uh, more than that, your uh, role as president of the social studies organization that you're so active in. And we had a brief conversation uh, back a few weeks ago about uh, how uh, teachers, how social studies teachers, how history teachers, how school systems uh, not only emphasize how important the census uh, count, an accurate count is, but how you can use that as a, as a tool in the classroom. Could you just tell us about your interest? Sure. Um, thank you for having me, and I'm excited to be uh, with the likes of Michelle and, and Aaron and you know, my other colleagues like you, Bill, um, that are part of the Kentucky Humanities Council. Um, so a, a little bit of contextualization here. I'm a uh, Wearing a few hats today, of course, you know, board member for the Humanities Council, but also president of the Kentucky Council for the Social Studies, which is a group of, of teachers and social studies advocates that, you know, look to, to support and, and further the interests of, of social studies in our schools. And uh, last summer, our state approved new social studies standards. So we're following the rest of the nation and, and getting away from kind of an archaic identity that I grew up with with social studies where it was about dates and people and events and memorization. And my teacher was either a, a, a history buff or a coach of some sport at my school. Um, so that's, that's changing really quickly. And um, in Kentucky, our new standards have an emphasis around inquiry, asking questions and um, helping students to be able to build arguments based on claims and evidence and civic engagement. And this year um, and last year with um, the organic opportunity that the census brings, we as teachers and as curriculum designers have had the ability to present curriculum where these two worlds collide, where inquiry and civic engagement collide with the census. And so um, what we've done in Jefferson County and uh, across the state with my colleagues in the Kentucky um, Council for the Social Studies is to take this opportunity to um, look at a, an interdisciplinary lens, um, combining uh, math and data and statistics, 
with the social studies and ask really compelling questions that are close to home for kids. Uh, like Michelle and Aaron explained, uh, the census affects all of us. It affects our public works, it affects nonprofits, it affects funding for you know facets of our society that are too long, you know, the list is too long for me to name, but you know, what's near and dear to me as a teacher and my students, of course, is the way that the census affects education. And so we've constructed curriculum that allow the kids to look at census data um, from the 50s, from the 90s, from 2000, from 2010, and say, what story does this data tell about Kentucky? And sometimes the students look at that in a very broad sense um, and make assertions and build arguments on what story that the census tells about our Kentucky history as of late. Um, but they also take really specific views on this as well. Some students might be interested in looking at um, you know, geographical movement over time. What does this mean uh, about where people are migrating in Kentucky? Um, sometimes they ask questions about uh, changes in um, allocation of representation, like Michelle mentioned earlier. Uh, so there's a lot of ways for kids to look at the data and for kids to combine what we're teaching with social studies in their application of looking at that. Um, and it makes the curriculum really personal, but it also does a great job of showing the kids how important it is to be civically engaged, um, how filling out the census, which is a simple task that, um, you know, we do every 10 years can affect so many facets of, of their life. Um, but I, uh, I, we're, we're really proud of the work that we've done in, in education uh, to, to share the value and the work of the census, but also to use it as a tool to show kids all the different ways that we can be civically engaged um, and all the ways that they can ask questions and find answers on their own using evidence. This has been a disruptive uh, year for school systems um, across the state, across the nation, for that matter, uh, Maddie. Um, what did you, what were you not able to do uh, virtually uh, in the, the winter and spring of, of 20? And if schools are permitted to go back, um, whether it be part virtually, part in person, uh, or full time in person, what what will be one of the first things you would suggest uh, uh, history, social studies teachers, uh, civics teachers uh, begin to uh, lead their class to in learning even more about the census? Because it'll be winding down by the time kids get back into school. Um, I would say that some of the best things we can do, if whether we're in an in-person scenario or a virtual scenario, and I think a lot of districts are still grappling with that question, um, is to continue to use primary sources uh, like the census that has data and information that's very local um, to us and to our state, but to also retain as much discussion as we possibly can. Uh, learners are resources just as much as teachers, just as much as textbooks are, and whether we're in a virtual or in-person scenario, retaining those discussion opportunities will allow kids to, to grapple with sources to explore and articulate their ideas, um, to practice um, argument making and, and, and basing things off of claims, um, but also relationship building, which I think we've all seen recently is more important now than you know we may have ever anticipated. Um, so those are the big pieces. But um, you know, I would say just good teaching. You know, as 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 we 
continue to have discuss the census until you know our deadline is over um continue to talk about how important it is to be civically engaged and um with the census uh I, kentucky has you know one of the highest response rates in the country we've slowed down a little bit but and so we need to pick up our pace again um but you know it's something that kentucky especially amidst the covid pandemic has really done a great job with is being civically engaged even when that engagement has had to look a little bit different. Uh, Michelle and Aaron, um, talk a little bit more about uh, where we are um, in, in this present moment. Uh, Michelle, you, you mentioned that door-to-door uh, -to -door is going to begin uh, soon. Uh, what can we expect there? Um, what are um, folks in neighborhoods uh, to look for, for example? Are they um, are, are they going to be notified first? Uh, are they, uh, is there any cause for them to be alarmed? Um, will you also, will you cover not only the, only the urban areas, but the far reaches of Kentucky? Just talk a little bit about the process from this day on. Absolutely. Um, we have nationally hired half a million census takers um, that will start in August, um, going out to our non-responding households. And those households are in rural areas, those households are in cities, um, but they will be going to knock on the doors. All our employees have um, taken an oath of confidentiality. They must protect the information that they collect for life. There is a $250,000 fine or up to five years in prison that they would face if they violated that oath. So we do take confidentiality very seriously. Um, all our employees have been fingerprinted, have passed federal background checks, um, and will be provided with PPE. So they will have masks and um, hand sanitizers, and they will be trained to keep their distance. Luckily, the work that we do when we go knocking on doors, we can do at a safe distance. They will have a, a laptop computer or an iPad to collect the information from non-responding households. But I think the important thing to remember is we still have several weeks where the remaining 35% of folks that have not responded in Kentucky can respond on their own, either online by going to 2020census.gov or by phone by calling 844-330-2020. And they can simply do the census by phone. Um, it's a really great motivator. If you don't want someone coming to your house and right about now, I don't think a lot of us do, um, we wanna encourage people to go ahead and respond online. And if you are someone that has already responded, thank you. We're now asking you to take that one step further. Reach out to your mother, to your grandmother, to your neighbors. Make sure they've responded too and let them know that if they don't, someone's gonna be coming to their house. Um, so that's one of the things that we're really encouraging folks to do. And we are working with partners um, nationally, we have over a thousand partners, including Walmart and Starbucks, um, Dr. Seuss Enterprises, and Fred Rogers Productions is helping us get information out to families with young children. Um, and locally, we have over 350,000 partners. Um, and I believe Aaron, my colleague, can talk a little bit more about some of the incredible work our partners have been doing in Kentucky to help get the word out. Aaron? 
Yes, they, they are. Our partners really uh, are so critical, uh, have been in terms of helping push out this message in a really fundamentally because they are, as, as we call them, you know, these are the familiar faces, the trusted voices that Kentuckians, uh, whether they're, they're in Louisville right now um, and are going someplace to, uh, to uh, pick up um, some, some additional needed commodities at a food pantry site or, or a, um, a meal supplemental location, one of the feeding sites through schools. Uh, these are the partners that we are asking, you know, across the states and, you know, our, our, our schools, uh, as Maddie is here, and, and they've just been so fundamental to, to engaging families, uh, to building trust, to explaining. The census isn't the easiest thing. Many of us talk about that, uh, our colleagues. It's not the easiest thing to really distill all of the ways uh, that, that, it, it, that it, it matters and it, um, and it impacts our lives from our our political voice, uh, to feeling counted and, and heard uh, locally in local government, uh, but as well as nationally, but all the, all the different funding and the, and the dollars that truly come about um, because of this census. So yeah, the partners are able to, to lend it the credence to put it into terms that that person coming and applying for some, some uh, COVID relief uh, kind of, uh, kinds of um, um, funds and, and um, those kinds of opportunities that people are, are desperately in need of. We're leaning on those kinds of partners, again, um, near and far to, to really kind of um, help us stress to that individual why this matters, you know, that, that these nine questions uh, for, will, will impact you uh, for the next 10 years. And in Kentucky, I would just add, too, uh, something that I think is, is also really important is how much we rely, our state is, uh, does um, significantly relies upon federal funding more so than other states. So for our, our public schools and, and public works and roads, for these health clinics um, and, and, the, and the public health agencies uh, that are working so hard and tirelessly right now, and the emergency service providers who, who are doing that, you know, the firefighter grants and training and funding and dollars. Um, and then I would also add too, again, back to, to the finer things in life that enrich us uh, I had, in uh, preparing for today, I, I had come across a figure, um, uh, uh, courtesy of the American Library Association, that more than $1 billion in library funding is allocated based on census population results. So th that's a significant amount of money, and money that's also issued from the National Foundation on the arts and the humanities. Uh, so these are these are all things that touch our lives, and and so yes, those partners. Um, we we've got uh, some incredible ones again. The, the Kentucky's nonprofit network has just been uh, profoundly impactful uh, in spreading the word uh, through their their broad um, all of their channels that they have. So that's what we're going to continue to do. And and as Michelle said, right now we're really focusing on, on opportunities where we can engage with people, uh, of course, in a very socially safe uh, and, and, and healthy, healthful way uh, in these last, these last weeks before we could do the door-to-door -door push, but we, we're relying on those partners um, to, to do that. So um, it's been exciting, and, and we do. I think we have another wave of re-energizing that maybe we're, we're engaging in right now to try to pick up some of those, those numbers, but I feel good that, that we're in place to try to, try to do that. Maddie, tell me a little bit about um, if you've had interaction with um, with kids uh, about this. Now, it, again, it's been uh, difficult because of uh, COVID and uh, quarantining and teaching uh, remotely and 
all of that, but uh, maybe some um, stories that, that you've heard from other teachers too. You mentioned earlier in your comments that uh, there were some interdisciplinary uh, questions that, that come up that you, uh, give me an example of one of those questions or, or broadly what, what you mean by that. Sure, so um, I'll start with that last piece. Um, so we, uh, part of my job is to um, coach teachers and help them uh, design curriculum. So we, we have curriculum that, you know, we have, we also help teachers to design their own organic curriculum. And one of my favorite questions that I've seen um, related to the census has been a fourth grade question, which is an example I used earlier, what story does the census tell? And um, questions like that allow for a lot of entry points for kids. It allows them to latch on a, to a piece of data that they find particularly interesting and um it has it sparked some really interesting conversations uh, in our classrooms where kids are having really high level discussions around the social implications, um, the financial implications of what the census means. Um, you know, it's I think it's easier for us as adults to conceptualize what all of this means for us. Um, but packaging these things in a way helps kids to see how it affects them. And with the census only being done every 10 years, you know, for a lot of the kids, whether they're in fourth grade or seventh grade or, you know, 12th grade, this might be the only time that, that they are counted as a child within the census. Um, so driving home that point as well, you know, when they talk about, you know, their, their little brothers or sisters, their older brothers or sisters, their family members or themselves, um, a lot of the things that we have in our classrooms for kids came from previous responses to the census. And so trying to illustrate and put things in a really concrete, um, a concrete uh, way for kids to understand what, what that's about, while at the same time, giving them the space to grapple with some of the more abstract pieces of the census. Um, in working with teachers uh, across the district, I know I've, I and my the team that I work with that helps um, to build and support curriculum in, in our district um, has been surprised with, pleasantly surprised, with um, how interdisciplinary the, sense, the census can be. We find entries in science, entries in the arts and humanities, entries in math. Um, it really is something that can live in any classroom. And we've um, also seen a lot, of, uh, a lot of kids grappling with numbers and concepts that I think a lot of adults might think are, are over their heads or at high levels. Um, but because the information is so local and important to them, um, it makes sense to kids and they're able to have really high level academic discussions um, around something that can seem really abstract. And in doing that are really honing in on a lot of skills, um, honing in on, on, you know, learning about our, our Kentucky story via the data, but also learning how to extract data from a map or a chart some kind of primary source um, and analyze what that data could mean in the past, what it could predict in the future, um, and being able to have those discussions with their, their classmates. Michelle, I'll give you the last word uh, on our, our podcast today to just sort of uh, forecast uh, in the next few weeks, uh, even as we're all uh, dealing uh, with um, uh, COVID uh, and uh, what uh, is going to happen with the pandemic, and uh, no one can really answer that sixty-four thousand dollar question or sixty-four zillion dollar question at this point. Uh, so, what 
What uh, you want people to be aware of, there's still time uh, to go online and fill out their, their, their census. Uh, also for neighborhoods to begin to look for what, what does a census worker look like? Are they going to be, you said, uh, I mean, everybody's uh, wearing a mask these days, I hope. Uh, are they going to have a, a vest on or a cap or anything like that? And then again, um, as far as uh, when, when that uh, count is finished, d- does it go all the way till the end of the year? Or is there a point in the fall sometime when uh, the, there's a cutoff and, and the count begins? Yeah, okay. So the, the last day that folks will have to respond to the census this decade is October 31st. Halloween is actually the absolute last day folks will respond and then we'll start the process of tabulating the data. Um, You asked what Census Bureau workers will look like. All of them can be identified with a badge. So they will all have a census badge. um, And again, they will be carrying um, a tablet or a laptop to collect the information as they visit people's houses. Um, I guess the one parting thought I just want folks to remember is, you know, we, our state, we only get one chance every decade to get this right. And that chance is now. Whatever numbers that the census comes up with at the end of this, uh, by October, um, we're going to be stuck with those numbers for the next 10 years. So if we make sure that everybody is counted, if we put a little bit of effort and we're asking everyone, all our partners in the community, government officials, um, businesses, nonprofits, we need everybody in these final weeks of July before we start knocking on people's doors um, to step up, to spread the message of how important this is, because we really do have an opportunity to improve the quality of life in our state, not just now, but for the next 10 years. Um, so the, the big ask is reach out to those folks that you care about. Um, if you are a business, send out an email blast um, reminding your staff, your employees, how important this is. Um, teachers, Maddie has talked about the great work that our teachers have done they have a second opportunity here because we will still be collecting responses once school starts back up again, however that looks. Um, So teachers, as our trusted voices in the community, um, we're asking them to make sure every family that they're connected with has not only counted themselves, but also all the children in their household. Um, so, so this is our last chance, and we want to get it right this decade. We won't be coming around again till 2030. Um, so it's vitally important that everyone we know in our state take the 10 minutes to respond to the census. All right. I want to thank all of you uh, for being on our podcast today, and Michelle Ellison and Aaron Peabody from the U.S. Census Bureau, and Maddie Shepard, uh, who is with the Jefferson County Public uh, School um, System, and she's also president of the Social Studies, uh, the Kentucky Council for Social Studies, and um, she's also, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, uh, I hope a proud member of the Kentucky Humanities uh, Board. Um, So once again, uh, thank you uh, all, and um, we wish you the best in this uh, effort and um, and everything else that you're going to be involved in. Thank you, Bill. Thank you so much. 
Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's stories for 48 years. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Join us next week for a new episode of Think Humanities.